0: You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, we've been in a series called Family Matters. And if you, I know we've got some guests with us. So I want to just let you know that when we talk about Family Matters, it's kind of two. On one side, it matters to God that it's an important uh, thing in our lives. Family matters. It was God's idea uh, for family from the beginning of time. But then the other side of the sword, so to speak, is that family has issues. There is drama in our families, there are family matters that we all have to attend to. Am I right? Absolutely. Every family has dysfunction. And you can look to your left and to your right, but really we should be looking in the mirror because we're all broken, we're all part of the problem, and there's dysfunction wherever we look. Now, when it comes to our families, we've realized uh, that the greatest joys, no matter what your family looks like, some of the greatest joys you will ever experience are connected to your family, to your kids or grandkids or to your, uh, to your spouse and, and those types of things. And we also realize that the, some of the greatest challenges that you'll ever face are a result of family matters as well, family issues. And so we, we understand that. In this series so far, we've talked about marriages. We've talked about singleness. And the goal in the series has been kind of rooted in Psalm 27. I'm sorry, 127. I want you to turn with me there and kind of mark that in your Bible if you're new with us. Um, and uh, we've kind of concentrated on the first verse, although today we're going to look at the entire chapter of Psalm 127 in a minute. But we've been rooted here, kind of anchored here in the first few lines. It says, unless the Lord builds the church or builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So we kind of said, unless the Lord builds the home or unless the Lord builds the family, the builders labor in vain in vain. And with that idea, we've, uh, we want to explore another component of the family, and that is parenting. How many parents do we have in the room? Just let me sh- see your hands. Oh yeah, I'm speaking to the right crowd, and it is no joke when it comes to parenting. Am I, am I right? Can I get an Amen. When we raise kids, the same is true. Some of our greatest joys are wrapped around our kids, but some of our greatest challenges we will ever face are connected to our kids and raising of those kids. And today, my goal is that we will leave here with a Christ-centered focus with confidence as parents that it will be a blessing, whether you're a brand new parent or you've been uh, parenting for years and you're an empty nester, whether you're raising kids in an adolescent era or you are a grandparent, and uh, whether you have one child or you have eight kids or more, and whether you're uh, a grandparent or you are a single parent here this morning, my heart for you is to be blessed and to leave with confidence and again with a Christ-centered focus. Let me just talk to the single parents here for a moment. Uh, Today is not specifically about single parenting, but I just want you to know that I recognize that there has to be a special grace when it comes to raising kids by yourself. I've not had that, um, that as my My job, my wife and I, we've uh, been together for 18 years. We'll talk about that in a second. But I'll tell you, when we first had Reagan, uh, there was a time when Reagan was about two or three years old. It was before Logan was born. Jessica, we were in Dayton, Ohio. She came up to Michigan to see uh, her parents for some reason for Easter and left me with Reagan. I'm like, what in the world am I going to do all by myself? <laughs> and I ended up taking Reagan to an Easter egg hunt at a friend's church, another children's pastor, That and I'm like, oh, this will be great. She'll love it. She got sick and puked all over me and all over. And when Jessica got home, I told her, I said, Jessica, I think I had a word from the Lord. <laughs> if for some reason you pass... And you don't make it, I will get remarried immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and is that the truth? I told you that. And then I said, I kind of sh- showed her maybe who I would marry. And then it was a bad idea. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> didn't do that. <laughs> and so, single parents, let me just say, I I get it. I I don't like. I mean, uh, but there's a special grace for you, and God, He He can help you through that. Now, all the children in the room and all the students in the room just wave at me here for a moment all right i know we got a few here first service i see you all the way in the back sydney i want to talk to the kids here for a moment this is not for the parents or for the rest of us i want you to know students you are living in one of the greatest times in history the opportunities that you have are almost limitless when it comes to technology and phones and video games and computers, Netflix. How many of you guys love Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I I see those smiles. And, uh, And social media, Snapchat and Instagram. But let's be honest, students and children that are in here. Listen, there are extra challenges and pressures because of that. I was listening to a message by Dan Seaborn this week, and he was talking to teenagers specifically, and he said, man, he was talking to the students, he says, students, when I was a kid, and I would say this is the truth for me too, he said, I could go home and forget about my friends if I wanted to. He says, students now, with social media, you could be in your room all by yourself, and they could still be bullying you and reaching out, and making fun, or, or being good, I mean, all these things, you, it's like you can't even turn it off, and there are extra challenges when you're bullied, or when there's faith issues, or when you get to those teenage dating years, and to keep a Christ-centered focus, students, I get it, it's difficult, and it's not easy, and it doesn't happen automatically, but students, I want you to know, and I'm talking to students here, as parents, we feel the pressure, we feel the pressure to get it right. There's not a parent in this room that says, oh, I don't care if my kid gets screwed up. There's not a parent here that would say, oh, this task is easy. Students, we are tired. We get stuck. There are times we don't know the answers. And I want you to know your parents are in the process just like you are no one has arrived all right so students i think it's important for you to know that and i just want to say one other thing when it comes to comparing like wishing that your mom was more like someone else's mom or that your dad was like someone else's dad uh don't compare uh that that all uh, you know the situation that looks so great at your friend's house listen when you leave there's dysfunction there too, okay? And that's the truth, no matter where you turn. And so that's, I want to kind of speak to the, to the students here for a moment. I want to talk to the rest of you, uh, just as uh, from my heart, uh, by way of introduction, you know, as far as when it, this parenting idea, um, I have been parenting now for 18 years, and I am still not qualified to do this. <laughs> uh, and it's I'm still in over my head I'll come back to Reagan she'll be here second service I remember the first time I held Reagan in my hands and I'm holding her I'm excited but terrified how many parents know remember what I'm feeling and I'm saying Lord help me it's a girl (laughs) and I'm like oh Lord now it was different fast forward a few years when Logan came around I'm like oh it's a boy and I'm I got this. There's no issue, you know, no problem. And today, I'm saying, Lord, it's a boy. <laughs> Lord, help me, right? And uh, and just you know, talking from my heart as a way of introduction, I asked Jessica, my wife, if she'd be willing to share this morning with me and uh, say, you know, hey, let's talk together. And she said, "Are you kidding me? We're in the thick of this." She says, "I don't feel like I have anything to say, right?" And uh, and and I get that, and there's part of that with me, uh, but I did. We we've we've talked about it, and uh, the one thing that Jessica and I would say, uh, kind of at the beginning here, as our kids have grown, we have decided intentionally to be less judgmental towards others. <laughs> We're all in this together. Parents, we should not be looking at each other and being judging each other and saying, man, you're doing it wrong, or boy, you could do it better. Listen, we all want our kids to be great. And we all want to do this, and really we should come alongside each other and help each other uh, and, and really uh, be an encouragement to one another. And, uh, uh, and that, that should be our goal. And just one more thought, as a pastor, parenting kids, uh, you may have heard of the idea of a fishbowl syndrome uh, within the ministry, like everybody's looking in and kind of you know looking at you know the pastor's kids in particular. And there may be additional challenges there or pressures. I don't know. but I want to say one of our goals for Jessica and for me, uh, number one was for our kids to experience God, to know Jesus, okay? That's number one. And the second thing that was important to Jessica and for me, and in uh, time will tell, we did not want our kids to grow up hating the ministry or hating the church. And so we've been really careful to do that. And I just want to note that uh, here at the Gateway Church, uh, this has been a great place to raise our kids. And I want to say thank you. Uh, you have not judged me or Jessica or my kids. And if you do behind the scenes, I haven't heard about it, but if you do... I'm coming after you anyway. (laughs) But I I just haven't heard any. And so I want to say thank you for that. But the truth is, uh, you know, we're all in a fishbowl. There's always people watching within the church, outside of the church, in every situation. People are looking in. And the only hope we have, parents, is to keep Christ at the center of our families. And with that, I hope you're still with me in uh, Psalm 127. Let's look at the entire chapter together. And then we're going to also flip to Ephesians chapter 6 uh, in in the Scripture. It says this, Psalm 127, "...unless the Lord builds the house, the home, the family, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves." Verse 3, children are a heritage from the Lord. Some of your versions say, children are a gift from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior a, are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, and a few of you are saying, Amen to that. and We're experiencing that in your homes, I know. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Now, flip with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, We've been in Ephesians chapter 5 when we talked about marriage, and now we move into Ephesians chapter 6. Look at the first four verses here. It says, children, now this is for the students here and for the adults. This uh, doesn't go away even when you're older. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Mm. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. I love this. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Amen. And then it says fathers. And in some versions, it says parents. And I think parents is an appropriate uh, interpretation here. Parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, and here's the kicker, bring them up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. Keep Christ at the center. That is how we will make it. And with that, I want to pray and ask God to help us. And I just want to say before I pray, if If you feel like it's too late in your parenting experience, that you've blown it, let me just say, who hasn't blown it at one time or another? I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. You cannot reclaim time. You cannot go back and redo what's been done, but you can redeem the time going forward. And with God's help... He wants us to do that. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that in the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes, God, that you would capture our hearts. You would help us, Lord, to understand our roles as parents. Lord, give us confidence. Keep us Christ-centered. Lord, I pray that we would humbly come before you asking for your help, and God, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next week we're going to talk about extended family and blended families, and I would encourage you to uh, be here, bring a guest with you, and then Christmas Eve is the Welcome Home services, kind of wrapping up this family services services kind of with a hey. Uh, welcome to the family. That's going to be incredible. I want to say this at the beginning uh, as well. Um, Some of the stories I'm going to share, I have permission to share from my kids uh, and that's going to be important. Uh, So don't walk out of here saying, man, is he in trouble? I've got permission and you're going to love it. All right. Two questions for parents to wrestle with. Two questions that you have to work through as a parent. Number one, whose image are you bearing to your child? And number two, are you the doorkeeper in your home? And over the next few moments, this is what we're gonna look at. Let's look at the first idea first, of the idea of being an image bearer. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, both male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. We were created in the image of God, all of us. We were created to be a reflection of God and to be parents. Look at it. It says we were created in the image of God, and then it said to be fruitful, and to multiply. That is, especially for those that are parents or future parents, that is our role in this life in, in many ways. But by Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall of mankind and the image of God has now been marred. It's been scarred. And there was sin that creeped in. Now, the principle that I want to drive home is that parents are to be an image bearer. You cannot uh, uh, be a parent and not be an image bearer to your children. Now, what happened in chapter 2 of Genesis is that Adam, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned, of course, but neither of them took responsibility. Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent, They do not take responsibility. Track with me here for a moment. Now you move forward to uh, to chapter 4. They're marred by sin. They start a family. And Cain kills Abel. The very first family had some serious dysfunction. Come on. Am I right? God comes to Cain. He says, where is your brother? Similar to Adam and Eve. God came to Adam and Eve. And Cain says, I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, Cain does not take responsibility just like his parents did not take responsibility with the original sin. Now, I say that to say, parents, we have got to be careful because our kids are watching. And our kids, at times, Will repeat the sins of their parents. Let me just be frank with you. I've uh, I've have said this many times. I I benefit in my life from uh marriage counseling uh individual counseling different things like that and recently i went back to my counselor uh, just kind of for a checkup and because it's a healthy thing to do and uh and i was there and i'm uh, going through with my counselor and he's saying you know how are you and jessica how's the family doing and we talked about some things there um, she, he's like, uh, how is the church doing? And he always asks this question: Are you properly challenged? <laughs> are you managing ministry? And so we talked about that. We talk about accountability issues. He comes to uh, one of those things that I've struggled in the past is with my spending, and I'm probably giving you more information than you really need to know. Uh, but uh, and I'm saying no, I've been managing my spending good. And then he asked me the question, and I, I should remember that it's coming, but it kind of caught me off guard. He said, "What about your risky behavior and if you know me some of you do and I've told you lots of stories I kind of sat there and I said oh good and then I he was just kind of quiet didn't believe me I'm like oh well I hadn't seen him you know in probably over a year I said well there was that issue over the summer with my son up in the UP when we were testing out the new wheels and uh, you know uh, going a little fast, on uh, I forget what road it was, uh, but we were you know made we took our car right to the maximum. I told him how fast we were going. I'm not going to tell you because you'll be judging me. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, and he's just kind of shaking his head like, not good. And then I'm like, and even just last week I was in Minnesota and I told my daughter, this is the truth. On the way home we were making such good time. I said, Je- or I said Reagan. You cannot tell anybody how fast we made it from Minneapolis back to to Grand Haven. And she just looks at me, and I'm like, and and so I'm sharing this with him. And he's like, he's like, just be careful because your kids are watching. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. And I was reminded of that when I'm studying in Genesis 3 and Genesis 4. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, our kids are always watching. The recording is always going. Yikes. Am I is anybody else with me? And they will be like us in many ways. Our marriages, our friendships, our church, our practices, the things that we do. So if we're generous, or if we're prayerful, or if we're faithful, our kids will have a tendency to be those things. But in the areas where we struggle, sometimes those things kind of slip in as well. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter six, the, the verse we kind of highlighted. Uh, from Ephesians six, I, I appreciate what it says here. It says in verse, uh, verse five, I'm sorry verse four, instead, do not exasperate your kids, right? but instead it says, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. We have got to bear the image of the Lord, of God, of Jesus in our own hearts, and we do that not just by teaching our kids, but the idea here in this word is to train them, to show them. Proverbs two six. you guys are familiar with this verse. 22.6 says this, says start children off in the way they should go or train up a child in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. The idea there is that parents, you are the primary example in your kids' lives. Now you don't have to be perfect, you shouldn't maybe even try to be perfect, but I wrote down here, but try to be perfect, (laughs) right? I mean, we should do our best with God's help. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it's part of uh, one of those verses that is part of my uh, personal mission statement uh, in my life, It, 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 it challenges me. This was Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says to them, he says, follow my example, and he's talking to his spiritual children. He says, follow my example as I followed the example of Christ. And that's the goal. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, a few uh, uh, verses before, we talk about parenting, or we talk about husbands and wives, we talk about raising kids. Again, the same idea. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We must bear the image of God in our lives. We need to show them our kids. So parents and I'm including myself, uh, the question is is what does your life look like? What reflection are you creating? What kind of image are you bearing? You cannot lead your kids where you have not gone. And that's a hard reality. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, in the side of my Bible, I wrote, help me, Lord, and I circled this verse. Look what it says. It says, the righteous lead blameless lives. So if we're righteous, there's a a sense that we got this covered. And then it says, blessed are the children after them. There is a real sense when we are living according to God's ways. There is an umbrella of protection for our families, for our kids. When I'm living in the blessing of the Lord, it's like an umbrella of protection for my kids. And that leads to the second question for the morning. Parents, are you the doorkeepers of your homes? Are you the doorkeeper of your home? Let's look at it. Back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, uh, of course, God created in, in His image. And then in 28, it says, God blessed them, said, Be fruitful and increase in number. It says, Fill the earth and subdue it. Take dominion over it. <clears throat> that is a violent word. That's an active word. And The idea here that I want you to see is that you cannot let sin into your home and keep the devil out. If you let sin in, the devil is going to make his way in. The devil, the enemy, hates family. He attacks, and it's usually in a sneak attack. It's subtle. He comes in the back door when you're not looking. And parents, we have a responsibility when it comes to our homes to be the doorkeepers. What do you allow in your home? the TV shows, the movies, internet and phone usage, guys and girls together, unsupervised, video games, alcohol, cell phone usage, drugs, all these things. What are you allowing into your homes? Some parents would say, well, you know, my kids or my child, my daughter, my son, they need their own space. Their room is their own. And I would say, It is not their own. It is your home. You are their covering. And you need to know what your kids are into. Some uh, would say, well, that's their phone. That's their personal property. Absolutely not. That is not their computer, even if they bought it with their own money you still own it. You are the owner. You're the, you are responsible. You are to be stewarding. I, uh, I, this isn't in my notes, but it just came to my mind. Reagan, uh, a while back, was getting a little snarky, and um, she's not here. I'm not going to tell this second service. <laughs> and uh, and we we're like, hey, we can make your life miserable. How many have ever said that? Okay, all right, we did. I did. And, I, and I'm like, I will take your car keys. And she said, uh-uh, I bought that car. I said, uh-uh, you're living in my house. You're not 18. You know, this was before she was 18. And uh, I said, that car is my car. And she goes, oh, is that so? <laughs> and, uh, and we are to be good stewards, parents. We must monitor. I like to say it like this. Parents, we better have the gift of nosy. <laughs> that means Holy Spirit discernment in our homes the devil's strategy is to keep things hidden to keep things secretive to distract you and he slips things in so parents you must get into your kid's business if your seven or eight year old is acting strange for some reason and starting to lie for some reason you need to dig in and find out what's what's at the root of that If your young child is uh, starting to act differently and maybe acting out in anger where he didn't before, you need to dig in and find out what's going on and take the time to do it. And for those of us that have older kids, you need to smell their breath. You need to know their friends. You need to know their influences, their music. You need to know their internet history. You need to know these things. We need to get into our kids' business because we're the doorkeepers. Two more things and then some scripture. Kids are not equal to you, parents, in the home. There's a level of authority that God has created. Parents are over the children. And as far as parents uh, trying to be cool and being the, the, the cool parents, um, there's nothing worse then an old guy like me, I've realized, trying to be cool, all right? And so I'm like, nope, I'm going to just, I don't need to be cool. I need to be mom. I mean, I need to be dad. (laughs) We need to be mom and dad. (laughs) Online, they're going to be like, who's he talking about? (laughs) It's Jessica on the front row. And uh, and we need to be the parents. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Now, scripture. God talks very clearly about being set apart. Being different, as believers, Deuteronomy fourteen two. You can write these down. Look them up later. It Says you are a people holy to the Lord your God. I love that. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. First Peter chapter two verse nine. You love this verse, I know. Um, we are a chosen people, right? A royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession. I love the the, the new NIV. Uh, we are called out of darkness into the light. We are called to be an example. Turn with me to John chapter 15. I want to look at this verse uh, together. John chapter 15. We'll start in verse 18. I don't think we have that on the on the uh, screen, but verse 19 we do. It says, if the world hates you, <laughs> which... If we're trying to raise kids and with a Christ-centered focus, that might happen. Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. Listen, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And we've got to help our kids to understand that. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Ephesians 4, verse 24 says, We were created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. And parents, kids may not understand this. They may not get it. They may fight it. They may they They may uh, really drag their feet when it comes to areas of righteousness and holiness within the family, but it's absolutely worth the effort to have a high standard. We are the doorkeepers in our homes, parents. Not because we're the pastors, I tell my kids. I said, we do not, it's not that you can't do that because we're the pastors, it's because we have Christ in our lives, and we would do it no matter what, and that doesn't really relate to a lot of you here, but it may to some, but listen, we are the doorkeepers of our lives, and there's a difference between a doorkeeper and a doorpost. We are not doorposts. A doorpost is maybe a sign with with a message, do not enter, beware, or enter at your own risk that is not what we're called to be. We are called to be active. We are called to be present, not passive, and it's going to take a lot of time in our lives to do that. It's almost like our kids become our new hobbies. And the reason because of that is, or the reason for that is because family matters. Family matters. And because family matters, because of the drama, because of the issues that are always present, and because family matters, that it's important, we all need a family meeting or two. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. My parents were here, for those of you that are visiting, and we talked a little bit about family meetings. I want to kind of circle back to that idea, talking about parenting, because it's a parent's role to have a pulse on what's happening in in our kids' lives. For Reagan... uh, Several years back when she was in junior high, uh, there was a season where she had all these friends and we just, I mean, it was fun and just exciting. Kids were coming over and and, uh, kids in the neighborhood. And within one year, I think it was her seventh or eighth grade, eighth grade year, uh, like things really changed in her friend situation. And I think it's probably because uh, she took a stand for Christ and you know, and, and there was some drifting that kind of went, and that was okay. Uh, but she lost uh, 90% of her friends in that one year, and it was painful. It was difficult. Now, we could have, like some parents, just ignored it and just said, oh, she'll be fine. But we really sensed by the Holy Spirit that we needed to up our prayer, our fasting for Reagan in particular in that season. And we got on our hands and knees and we were saying, Lord, help us. Give us some insight. What is happening here? And there were a lot of late nights when we were exhausted and tired and ready to to go to bed and just veg out or go to sleep. But Jessica and I, we were able to have the wisdom to stay up and to get to the root of what was happening, and we were able to discern kind of what some things that were happening in her life at that point, and we, we sought some help for her, for our little girl, and we thought, man, what's happening here? We looked for wisdom. We prayed a lot. We got some help, and, and what some of the things that emerged is that, uh, that we, Jessica and I, we needed to spend some extra time with her, so Jessica did that, and I did as well. And Jess, and Reagan, and I, we ended up taking a couple mini trips together, and really talking through some things. Um, the one trip that comes to mind is our trip to Chicago, and and uh, it was I, and I was a little selfish. I loved to camp, and I thought, well, we're gonna do one night in a hotel, and on the way home, we'll sleep in a tent. And uh, I should have just done two nights in a hotel. I should have known my daughter better. But we look back, we kind of laugh at that. But spending some time with her, getting her the help she needed. We were engaged, not passive, and willing to spend the time. God brought us through that time. And, and she still, at times, struggles in that area. But, but it was because we said, you know what? We're going to be active here. We're going to be the doorkeepers of our home. We're going to know what's going on. And so we got into her business, and I think God really helped her through. And she'll be here second service to acknowledge that. You guys want to hear a story about Logan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good old Logan. I already told you, he's given me permission to say what I'm about to say. Last spring, 2017, not too long ago, um, he was getting a little what I call squirrely, a little snarky in the home, and uh, it was another one of those seasons where Jessica and I are saying, what in the world happened to our little boy, right, and uh, we're saying, what's going on, and we were trying to, uh, we, we started praying more, fasting together, uh, saying, all right, we've got to have some discernment, and we've talked, uh, and we were trying to get in to his friend world, and we realized that the pull of the world in general uh, for a young man is, is pretty strong, but there was this girl that emerged in the mix that took Jessica and me by surprise. And we're saying, hey, and I didn't use this language, but I'm saying, hey, we're the doorkeepers of our (laughs) home, and uh, what's going to affect Logan, we want to have a part of that. And all the parents are saying, yeah, right? And all the the kids are like, what? (laughs) And we told Logan, we said, that's okay, you can like this girl, you can't date her, but you, you can like her, and, uh, but before you spend a whole lot of time with her, we'd like to meet her, and we'd like to meet her parents. Now, he's 13, and he's telling me with some gusto, I'll just say it that way, <laughs> that nobody does that. <laughs> I said, I don't care, <laughs> <laughs> and really what emerged out of that time, and it was, it was, a, it was a fun time. It, we ended up never meeting with the parents, uh, but, uh, but what happened is Jessica, I believe, had a word from the Lord for our situation, and she approached me and said, Ben, I think you need to spend some more time with Logan. she said what about if you got up in the morning and just were with logan while he's eating breakfast and you did a little devotion with him i'm like okay and i'm thinking through my schedule at that point and matt you know this two or three times a week i would get up early five o'clock five thirty be out and exercising with friends and and greg and we'd meet in different things um and uh, Bob Boss, I don't know if he's here for service, but I would meet Bob Boss once a week, and there were a couple other meetings um, every, uh, every week. Almost all my mornings were taken, then I'd come back and then, and then be off for the day. And I'm like, man, that's a big sacrifice. And I said, all right, I'm going to rearrange my schedule. And, uh, and we did. <coughs> and what's well, beautiful, and we still do it in the mornings. Logan, we get up, and <laughs> we sit there, we hardly say a word. I'll just <laughs> tell you. <laughs> but we each read a devotion together. We kind of read it separately. We might say a couple words about it. And then I'm taking him to school, and we're both praying before he's dropped off to school. And it's making a difference. And it's awesome. And I'm excited about uh, about Logan's future. We also uh, decided to take a trip this summer. I, I decided to, uh, I had planned with Greg Chilleros uh, to uh, go to Colorado. We were talking about making a trip out to Colorado back and forth, and I had saved up some blow money, and uh, I ended up using my blow money on a trip, the same amount that I was going to spend with the guys, uh, for just Logan and me. And we went, uh, instead of going to Colorado, I took my son on a bridge jumping, waterfall, cliff jumping tour of Michigan, 1,600 miles in four days, and it was an absolute riot. And uh, Logan would love to share with you all about that. It's really fun. But I want you to see, it was the Holy Spirit directing our lives. And I'm realizing our time is is getting short here. The point is you have to get into your kids' world. You need to know them and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. Wrapping up, children are a gift from the Lord. Psalm 127 says, And we are to be good stewards of that gift. You cannot leave it to chance. You cannot leave it up to the pastor or a teacher in their lives. You can't leave it up uh, to their friends. God knows that. And what's great, it's kind of fun, but it's kind of hard as well. God does not give us a man or a woman. He gives us a child, a boy or a girl, to raise in the fear and in the admonition of the Lord. And we are not raising princes and princesses. That's not our goal. We are to raise kings and queens in our lives. And parents, we've got to pull it off uh, or pull it out of our kids. We've got to pull the best out of them. And with God's help, our, our goal ultimately is what 3 John 1.4 says. It says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That was a key verse when I was a kid's pastor. But when I had kids, my prayer, my, our prayer is that that would be our story. And I do want to recognize that some that are here, you're saying, man, I have, that's not our story. My kids aren't walking with the Lord in some way. And I want to just speak a word to everyone here, and the worship team can kind of come at this point. We cannot beat ourselves up for when our kids get a little squirrely or when our kids are off just a bit. We do the best we can with God's help and we leave it up to the Lord. Ultimately, it's our kids' responsibility to choose who they are going to serve We bring them along, but it's their choice. And I want to just speak that word into our lives. But I do want to give you an opportunity today. You may be here today, and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. We want to talk about a couple things here in closing. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, my promise is there's somebody in your life that's been praying for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And we want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ into your heart and to know that He can take away your sin, clean up your life, and your future can look totally different. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. I want you just to lift your hand right where you are. I'm not going to call you out, but I do want to pray for you. Who here first service saying, Boy, I don't know Jesus, and I'm ready to receive him into my life. Come on, who, who raises their hands? Come on, anybody at all? Say, man, that's just where I am today. I don't know. If I were to die today, if I'd go to heaven. Just lift up your hand. Okay. All right. I don't see any hands. That's okay. I should have warned you about this earlier. But at this point, I want to kind of activate us in all of us to do something. And I talked to Pastor Bobby, and the worship team knows kind of where we're going. I'm going to ask that everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask that you trust me here in the next few moments, because I believe God wants to minister in some deep ways. If you are here today, and your kids are away from the Lord, you have a child young child, older child that is not serving the Lord, I'm going to ask that you stand right where you are. If there's a a child in your life that is not serving the Lord, and I believe God is going to minister to you in that way. Now, I'm going to ask that you trust me here. I'm going to ask that you would step out and come forward. And I promise you're not going to be the only ones here I'm going to ask that you come forward and we're going to uh, bring this to the Lord. And I know I I got you. You're standing. Uh, Trust me, uh, it's not scary coming forward. God's going to meet you. Now what I'm going to do is I want you to kind of scoot in nice and close, all right, kind of spread out. If you are here this morning and you are in the thick of parenting and you have kids that are living in your house, and you can be the determiner, you know, if they're adult kids or, but I'm thinking like adolescents and, uh, and younger. But uh, however you determine that, I want you to stand right where you are. If you've got kids in your house um, right now, I just want, to, I want you to stand. Okay. Good. I want you to come as well to the altar. And I want us to make room, so kind of move in here we're just going to kind of file in and make make a room because God is going to meet you here in the next few moments. I believe that. And that leaves grandmas and grandpas or empty nesters, and I'm going to call on you. If you're in the congregation, I want us all to stand in the back. And now at this point, because we have some guests and I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, if you're here and you uh, love the Lord, I want you to the rest of us, we're gonna activate you to move from where you are and come and lay your hand on five or six different families represented here. in the next minute. we're gonna we're gonna do this all in a three minute song. Does that sound is that still gonna work? And so you don't have a lot of time, so I want you to come and I want you to lay hands and pray. Speak a blessing, pray a blessing. Pray, if you know someone individually, get in front of them. And, and if you know the situation that they're in, while they're, why they're here, um, you can you know, speak to that. But we're gonna activate the rest of us. Say, why are we doing this? We're doing this because family matters. And I'm telling you, when we commit our hearts to the Lord, this is the best place to bring our issues, bring it to the Lord. And for some of you, you're going to walk away with victory today. For others of you, it's going to be victory this season. For others of you, it may take a little longer, but the victory is on the way. And I believe it with all my heart. So let's move. All of you, the, the rest that are feel comfortable, and if you feel led, I want you to come, and we're going to activate you. And there's a lot of folks here, and it's going to be kind of moving in and out. And uh, we're, we just want to four or five people, lay your hands on them, speak a word, bless them, and uh, let's do that this morning. And kids, you can come and pray with your, kid, your, your families as well. And uh, let's do this. It's a place of prayer over the next few minutes. Let's do that. Pastor Bobby, it's all yours. Amen. I want everyone in this room to repeat this after me. It's a prayer for parents, a prayer for students. It's a prayer for those that don't have kids or that have the hope of having kids. It's for the prayer for for those that have lost loved ones and maybe feel like they're all alone. Would you repeat this after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, In my family, I welcome you to be the center, no matter what. Help me to live for you and to be an example every day of my life. And for the parents that are here, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, help me to be the doorkeeper of my home to protect my kids in Jesus' name. And Lord, now I pray as we leave here that there would be a sense of victory. For some, it's been settled right here at the altar a new confidence, a new strategy, a new idea. For others, Lord, it may happen this season before the end of the year, God, that for breakthrough in families. And for those that it it might take a little longer, God, I pray that we will never give up hope. But Lord, that you would do a mighty, mighty work. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen and amen. Now, I want you to just look around. This is the church family here. I want you just to find someone, give them a high five. If you're a hugger, give someone a hug. If you're not a hugger, run, because I foresee a little hugging going on. But we love you. God bless you. Go in the grace of God, and make sure that your family is blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.